taken your first steps into a larger world. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Impressive. Most impressive. For my ally is the Force, and the powerful ally it is. How you doing, you old pirate? I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode three of Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Paul Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. How's it going, buddy? Good, sir. How are you? I'm good. Uh, we episode three uh, it's good to see you again fingers crossed this one doesn't fuck up we lucked out and our second one seemed to record fine the second time we recorded it but i think we've got those uh technical difficulties sorted out i hope so so before we get into our star wars discussion this week i want to pimp a few of our things uh we've got a facebook page you can get us at facebook.com slash blue harvest podcast you can also look us up on twitter we have a Twitter account, and it's at Blue Harvest Pod. And uh, lastly, if you feel like emailing us or anything, we have a Gmail account set up. It's blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. Official as shit, son. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, in, if any of you want to reach out to us, you're more than welcome to. We'd love to hear from you, and we'll uh, respond back to you as soon as we can. So, uh, how's your week been, buddy? It's been good. I've done a lot of cooking. Oh, My yeah. executive chef is on vacation. And uh, I'm a chef in my daily life, and my executive chef is on vacation, and that has relegated a lot of responsibilities to us as sous chefs. But it's it's nothing we can't handle. I gotcha. Business as usual. Yeah. Chopping it up. I know you got that shit down. Chop, chop. Jedi in the kitchen. Yeah, do what I can, man. So uh, I just got back from a whirlwind tour of Texas with my lady. We went out there for her niece's graduation for like four days. It was a long trip, but uh, it was nice to see everybody. Nice to be back home. About to talk some Star Wars with my best buddy. Yes, sir. So we had uh, probably the biggest Star Wars news of late come out this week. You remember that new Vanity Fair article that came out? That sort of had all the new Star Wars pictures in it and stuff. Yeah. Well, now more and more pieces of that interview is starting to come out online and the biggest thing of note that came out this week is the revelation of Andy Serkis's character in The Force Awakens. Andy Serkis, the actor that plays Gollum. Yes, in Caesar and the Rise of the Planet of the Apes movies. Right. He was most recently uh, in Avengers Age of Ultron. But before we get to the name, I'm going to show you a picture here and see what you think. Now, he's playing a mocap character in this movie, so we don't know what his character looks like. They just have a picture of him in the getup. That's uh, that's him, you know, filming for The Force Awakens. He looks pretty pissed, right? He looks really pissed, right? Probably pissed that he's wearing that dorky suit, <laughs> right? Using that, right? As I would look fucking terrible in a mocap suit. They'd be like, "This dude is fat." Not as if they hell. told you to be angry that you were in a mocap. I'd suit. look like a fat, angry dude. I mean, that I mean, that's me in my everyday life. <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> okay, you haven't heard his name yet, right? No, I wanted to drop this to you on the air because it's a little silly at first it's only now starting to grow on me just the tiniest bit just tell me me what it is supreme leader 
Snoke. Supreme Leader Snoke. S-N-O-K-E. Interesting. Weird, right? It's a little weird. I don't know how I feel about it. I just don't know how I feel about it. I keep telling myself that if I had never seen Star Wars, names like Chewbacca and R2-D2 and Boba Fett, Jabba the Hutt, all those would sound weird to me. And it, it, I kind of ran into the f- same thing when we started being introduced to new characters in the prequels, like the name Qui-Gon Jinn, before I got used to it, sounded kind of weird to me, and now it's just natural. So I'm sure I'll get used to it eventually. There's something that makes a good Sith name. The fact yeah. that Lord Vader, it's like a, it's part of a natural word, like invader. Right. Like it's something, it's part of a negative word. Lord Sidious, like that's... Right. Sinister in nature. Insidious. Yeah, insidious. Like, there are, you know, certain things I think... Darth Tyrannus. Tyrant. Tyranny, you know, Yeah, tyranny, yeah. Yeah. So, this is my thing. Like, more and more, I don't know that we're getting Sith in this movie. That's true. That may be very true. the two main villains, which we know now are Supreme Leader Snoke, who, from the sound of it, he's the leader of the First Order. That's what the Empire... Or whatever is called now is the first order. Maybe it's a cover name. Maybe he has. Maybe that's you know. Well, like... it's interesting you say that because there's quite a few theories online, and uh, there's one that I find just too difficult to believe, and we'll talk about that in a second. All right. You know, I was talking to you earlier, and I said the names from Episode Seven that we got initially: Poe Dameron, Kylo Ren, Finn, Ray. Those all seemed a little weird to me at first, too. But I like them. They've grown on me. They're in a fantasy universe where yeah. names like that have been established and are acceptable, but they're an, uh, an updated feel to it. It's not something that's already been used or something that feels like it's... Too derivative of copied, something. Yeah, right. Copied or pasted or tried right. to be modified in some way to be something that it can be. Right. And it doesn't sound like they just stuck some names into the Star Wars name generator and pulled them out. You know? Right. And that's the thing. Maybe Snoke sort of sounds like that. Like it could be one of those Star Wars name generators. I guess names. it's trying to be a step away from Snake. Snake or Smoke as in like Smoke and Mirrors. Right. Or maybe like, you know, he We're likes to smoke Lucky Strikes or some now. shit. It's weird. I'm sure it'll grow on me. Maybe. I got a feeling that that's not, you know, there's a more bad. I f- there's got to be a more badass name. For your big bad. Right. And, you know, his code name on set, which has been sort of out there, was Uber. And I'm glad that wasn't his final name. Right. Uber, that would be silly. Like, that's taking it beyond the the realm of just, you know, interesting or witty to just being downright silly. Uh, but like we were saying, so Kylo Ren or Supreme Leader Snoke, there's no Darth in their name. No. Maybe... That's just their real name. Because, you know, Palpatine went by Palpatine. That wasn't his, you know, Sith name. Everybody didn't know him as Darth Well, that's because he was the Chancellor, Supreme Chancellor that became Emperor. Well, and he was hiding it and everything. But even after he becomes Emperor, Emperor, he doesn't, he isn't known as Darth Sidious. No. He's known as Emperor Palpatine. So maybe that's the same way it is in this, and maybe they both have Darth names. Maybe the Sith aren't even the villains anymore. I mean, maybe Anakin and Luke really did bring balance to the Force, and the Sith just aren't around. Maybe these are just dark Jedi. I got to think, though, that at some point the Sith become an issue, right? You need to explain the concept of the difference between a Sith and a dark Jedi, because, you know, a lot of our listeners may not know the difference. Okay, it's... 
it's very difficult to explain. It's kind of a weird, nebulous area in Star Wars canon. And honestly, I don't know how much of this is even considered canon anymore. But the difference between a dark Jedi and the Sith is that the Sith are pure evil. Dark Jedi are bad, but they're not necessarily evil. They use the dark side of the Force. And they're always, they will oppose the light side of the Force. So... When it comes to that, they are bad. But in the previous canon, Sith was basically a perversion of the dark side of the the Force. There was a dark side of the... Like, there are dark side of the Force things that you can do that not necessarily... The power itself isn't Sith. A Sith right. is a perversion of Like, that. I'm pretty sure the lightning is a Sith-only type thing. You know? I see. The rule of two. Like, that's why in Clone Wars you can have Asajj Ventress. Because she's not a Sith. She's a dark Jedi. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's still conformed to the rule of two. But I got to figure that the Sith are the menace through the first six movies. It's like a monk that embraces violence. Yeah. You know, as a means to solve. like, And they have, like, weird dark, like dark side rituals and shit they do it's really hard to explain i'm sure there's someone that could explain the whole difference between the the sith and a dark jedi um but it's generally thought that a sith is worse yes than a dark and jedi. Bringing, there are times when jedi and dark jedi right. can align for a big enough cause right because to have balance in the force you still have to have the dark side right which means you'll always have dark no, jedi can be no light without the dark right but to bring balance to the force they had to get rid of the sith which is different and the sith are what we're bringing imbalance to the force cause it is a perversion of the dark side exactly now it's interesting that we're sort of talking about the whole sith thing and what's canon and not because i told you earlier that there was sort of a uh, a theory about this snoke guy that's been going around yeah hit me with that even before people knew who he was or his name now you know his his voice is the voice you hear in the first trailer there's been an awakening yeah have you felt it have you felt it the dark side and the light I practice that shit a lot. <laughs> um, it seems as going back even as far as that, the people want to say that that's going to be Darth Plagueis. I've that was the first. I was looking at just anything Star Wars on YouTube, and one of the banners that was suggested videos said, "Spoiler alert: Darth Plagueis is Force Awakens." Da, da, da. I was like, that seems pretty lame. That's in no way confirmed, and I guess it could be that. I mean, we know from the little bit of info we have about him in the movies that he found a way to... I thought Palpatine killed him. I mean... In his sleep. Right. If I'm not mistaken. I mean, that's the, that's the you know, what we've been told is that Palpatine killed him in his sleep. But maybe he knew some kind of weird Sith ritual that allowed him to stay alive. I don't know. But people want to say that maybe that's him in The Force Awakens. And to me, that ties these movies to the prequels in a way that I don't think Lucasfilm would be super into doing. Like, it seems like they're kind of trying to distance themselves from the prequels with this new trilogy. And to make the main bad guy be someone who's only mentioned in passing in Revenge of the Sith seems like something they'd be kind of hesitant to do. Oh, man, I'm all paranoid that our recording's fucking up it seems like it's running weird right well why don't we just agree to take a break 
Yes. And we'll check, check this it out. And, and we then... will be right back. All right. Sounds good. We'll be right back. I've just about had enough of you. Welcome back to Blue Harvest. It's good to be back. We took a premature break because of my paranoia. Listen to the first few minutes of the episode and everything seems fine. So. Sounds great. But listening to it did bring up a few ideas in my head. So we're talking about Supreme Leader Snoke. We are. The apparent new big bad of the Star Wars story. And I, I guess I say that, and I don't really know for sure, but to me, the name Supreme Leader Snoke makes me think that he's going to be this trilogy's emperor, for lack of a better term. That's kind of what it feels like. But listening, it makes me wonder, with the name of the new faction being the first order do you think maybe they're not even the main segment I, of the empire are they a, sh- a i feel sh- like it's some a, faction a, right a branch of the empire that's that has assumed power where there was a right. power vacuum and right. it was the, the the default biggest you know biggest boy in the room right and we know that the rebels or you know the good guys are called the resistance which it's not exactly the kind of name you give a government. You know what I'm saying? So is Snoke, who just stepped into power immediately after the Empire fell or after the Emperor died? or is... It might have been like a fumble on the play. And right. maybe there were several attempts at controlling the... Right. And, I mean, is there a republic now? Did Did the good guys create a government after they won? against the empire and is I the that resistance may not have been a win against the for all we know in canon what happened on indoor may not have been the winning moment no it could i mean that's very true the rebellion perhaps the rebellion i mean you cut the head off the snake and created a power vacuum you know things don't necessarily mean that they just yeah. defaulted to the good guys one control of the senate and the good, the galaxy was a happy place yeah i mean you got to think that there was plenty of you know lower level leaders and when i say lower level you know like moths and generals and stuff who just because the emperor invader bit the dust they're not going to you know just lay down their arms right away gangsters crime lords but the that huts. just sucks if 30-something years after Return of the Jedi, the good guys still haven't won. That's pretty rough. Maybe the Resistance is just a faction of the New Republic or whatever government they I created. I think that's what that is. Maybe they didn't want to go to war. The Resistance to the Order, what's called the right. First Order. It's the right. Resistance of the Order, you know. So maybe that's just a faction within that government that, you know, our heroes are part of, or some of them are part of, rather, that's opposing whatever the force first order is up to brown coats i mean to me that's going to be really interesting to finally figure out as sort of the political state of the galaxy in this new trilogy yeah i can't wait and i want to see what luke has been meditating on yeah in whatever like his time alone or in seclusion or whatever he's been doing i want to see you know how it's made him wiser or stronger or whatever it's done to him you know it might have made him crazier i don't know but to me, though, uh, Supreme Leader Snoke, that character is where we're going to get a lot of the new mythology or, like, you know, untold backstory. The I think he will become more fleshed out and we'll learn more about him as the trilogy goes on. If he's supposed to be like the Emperor, then we're probably not going to see or hear very much about him to start off with, I would think. At least till the third movie, you would think. Yeah, I mean, Star Wars is known for sort of mirroring itself 
in its movies. So that makes me think that he'll become more of a presence as the trilogy goes on. Now, if George Lucas had really known what he was going to do with the Emperor in the first movie, maybe we would have seen the Emperor in A New Hope. But we get a brief glimpse of him in The Empire Strikes Back, and then he's a major player in Return of the Jedi. He's the man. The big bad man. It just makes me wonder, like... What is the whole deal with the First Order? First Order, like they're the bad guys. I mean, we can clearly get that they're the bad guys. They're stormtroopers and Tie fighters and Jedi using red lightsabers. Uh, do you think it's possible that Kylo Ren and Supreme Leader Snoke don't even have Force powers? I don't believe that is possible. I don't think so. I either. don't believe that there would be a lightsaber wielding villain in a Star Wars movie that was not force sensitive at the very least. Like let's General say, Grievous. That's just not intimidating. General right. Grievous was never he was okay, I'll be honest with you, when General Grievous was in the animated Clone Wars, he was intimidating. When General Grievous was in episode three, he was not intimidating. He doesn't have very much for a character they really hyped up, he's not in episode three very much. Which un- it's understandable he's not the focus of the story. You know, I remember leading up to episode three, hearing the rumors that we were going to get like a robot bad guy that was the general of the battle droids that fought with four lightsabers. Yeah. A cool concept that maybe wasn't pulled off as coolly as it could have been. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think, and even I say that in, in the trailer, the latest trailer, it looks like Kylo Ren is doing either a force push or a choke. It looks more like a choke to me, like a force choke. So I think he's going to have Force powers. I mean, the movie's called The Force Awakens. If a dude's got a red lightsaber, you better have some Force powers to back that shit up. Right, right. Maybe he's just not super powerful in the Force. I don't know. And There's... he's wearing a mask. Dude, <laughs> the dude's a badass. Right. I can safely assume. It's it's just crazy because we know so little about the movie, and even the pieces of information that we get, like names and stuff like that, don't really clue us in very much on what's going on yeah that's very very true i'm just really looking forward to seeing it you know i don't me too you know we're less than 200 days away right yeah yeah i mean it's getting i'm really excited about it and it it just uh, i remember around last year around the one year away mark it just seemed so far away and already we're halfway there I can't wait. I can't wait either. It's cool. Jesse has some family that's going to come in from Texas to go to the premiere with us and oh, wow. stuff. Should be a good time. Be a fantastic time. Yeah, man. I, just ever since the announcement of this dude's name, I can't get thinking about what their setup is. What's the deal? Are they Is Snoke a master and Kylo Ren is his apprentice or... What you know? What's going to be interesting? Previously, with the prequels, at least we got the opening crawl before the movie. Like StarWars.com would put it up on their website. I wonder if we'll get the opening crawl for Episode Seven early because that'll clue us in on some pretty fundamental information. I think it's going to tell you what's up in the universe, like it does always. It's going to set the yeah. scene, and you really need that. Yeah, I mean it's really helpful in the first Star Wars series. It is. You know, done by George Lucas. That's incredibly helpful to you know set the scene, and it's. Uh, I hope I hope they y- utilize it in the same way. Yeah, and I mean it's it's got a lot to set up. There's been thirty years of time that's passed, which that leaves an awfully big gap and a lot of information. Um, one of the things that I found really interesting from the Vanity Fair stuff was J.J. Abrams actually talked about 
how there were references in the movie to stuff that's happened off screen. And he used, you know, Ben Kenobi telling Luke about fighting with his father in the Clone Wars and stuff like that. Just that one tiny mention of the Clone Wars in A New Hope. And then it's never addressed again, really. You know what I mean? So it sounds like this movie is going to have that kind of stuff that references, you know, battles or events that's happened in that 30 years that we didn't see. Which, let's be honest, that'll all get filled in by books or comics or TV shows or something like but that. But you know what would be cool and you could do right away immediately if you wanted to? Was that, you know, if Luke is going to have a minimal role in the rest of the movies, dude, you could do Luke movies, like right yeah. now, about what Luke do- mm-hmm. did, you know, a few years before episode seven in I his think, hermit life. I think that's a possibility. I wonder if maybe we'll get that in, in some sort of... I don't know if that'll of... happen in movie form or series form, but it would be cool with the actual Mark Hamill doing... We couldn't do Mark Hamill because of how old he is. You know what I'm saying? They would have to recast. I'm just saying, like, if if he's going to be in Episode 7, you could film a bunch of stuff about what he's doing before Episode 7. Oh, like yeah, like... His hermit life. Within, but... you know, a few years of Episode 7, you could do that. Yeah. That, but I... you, you wanna... That's what I'm saying. You'd yeah. have to do it right now. C- closer to Return of the Jedi, you got to recast. And I got a feeling that... Eventually, we're going to have to deal with a recasting a of our character recasting. Yeah, if they're going to do younger do you, stories, do you think that they will Star Trek it, like take it back to the beginning and redo it and shine it up and Mm-mm. like redo the original trilogy? The only way I see that happening is if this new trilogy is like a bust and doesn't do well. Right. Then they may decide to which do a remake, happen. which won't happen. That won't happen. They've already established that they're not interested in doing that by doing an episode seven. Right. If they wanted to do that, now would be the time. And I just don't feel I don't, like... I don't feel like you should. No. I wasn't advocating. No I was just wondering if... I mean, because it really, I feel like it benefited Star Trek. If you really want to revitalize the story of yeah. Captain Kirk... Like, the only really way to do that but, is to just pump new life into it with fresh blood and fresh stories. The difference between Star Trek and Star Wars in that regard is the amount of content that's in the Star War, Star Trek canon. you got to think, before the first J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie that came out, how many series had there been? There had been the original, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine... Voyager, uh, original Enterprise, Enterprise, and then what, like nine movies? Yeah, so that's a lot. It's a lot of content. And honestly, we could get to that point with Star Wars eventually. Maybe we'll never see it. Maybe it'll Are be. Are you kidding me? For the next ten years, there's going to be Star Wars. In oh our no, face. I'm saying maybe eventually they'll get to the point where they want to sort of reboot the whole universe but we won't see i think that'll be way down way way down the line because they've got at least this trilogy and at least three anthology movies planned and i just know deep down there's probably going to be another trilogy as long as this stuff is successful yeah and then who knows how many yeah if this cast is willing to continue on or something um dharma You'll need to be on the podcast again. Summer down now. So yeah, I, I don't know. I I know it's silly. We're we're 
six months out from the first movie of a new trilogy and I already want another trilogy after this trilogy. You don't want the stories to end. I don't. Because they're so good. Yeah, man. I just want it to keep going and going. Like, I know a lot of people get tired of sequels, and I get it, but not me. I love a sequel to a franchise I like. I, You know, it's not even... It's just a romantic idea. It's like the idea of knights or gladiators, you know, fighting for freedom or justice or love or whatever. But it's in this case, it's Jedi, and they're fighting for, you know, their belief that yeah. the world is predominantly good, and you can channel into the good side of the universe. Yeah, and it seems like good and- I could see where they would sort of feel like it got redundant for every trilogy if the Sith did come back. So that makes me wonder if in a, a trilogy or maybe even another trilogy after that, if we'll see an ultimate evil that's not Sith. That would make sense. You know, they did that in the books a little bit in the New Jedi Order when they introduced the Yuzan Vong. I don't really like that. Me neither. Not not the greatest idea that they've ever had. It doesn't have to be Sith, but the Force has to be... To counter the light side of the Force and its power and strength, you must need an equal counterpart in the dark side of the Force. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way it works. You can have a gangster or a super genius or maybe someone that's kind of like a super villain. Yeah. You know, super villain-esque. To me, if you're going to do that as a villain, you're going to have to have good guys that are not that's what, Jedi. That's General Grievous. That's what yeah. General Grievous is. He's kind of a supervillain mm-hmm. that has a lightsaber collection. Like he should almost have like a long curly mustache that he twirls and while he laughs. Hat. Like ha, 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 ha. <laughs> 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 I'm a tie to the railroad tracks. So something pretty exciting started this week. What? What was started? John Williams started recording the score to the new Star Wars. Oh, really? Yeah, I guess the the rough cut of the movie is in good enough shape to where he can start doing his thing. And apparently it's going to be a few sessions. This isn't the only one. I guess, you know, he's going to do his thing. They're going to tweak the movie a little bit. He's going to change, you know, keep going through the process until it's done. But that's exciting to me. That's exciting to me as well. I love John Williams' music in Star Wars and in everything else he's done. And John yeah. Williams is a very talented man that can convey emotion in a cinematic presence. This may be going a little nerdier than you want to go, but if you had to pick one composer to replace john williams when he eventually exits oh, don't even go there i, I can give you one what which one michael giacchino yeah that's he, the lost guy right he did lost he did both of the new star trek movies he's done a lot of things for pixar i think he did up and maybe even wally so Wally I think, was really good yeah i think i think he's the guy to go with yeah but who knows also so do you want to get into maybe some slight light spoiler Territory, what if I tell you what we'll be talking about without being too specific? What if I were to give you the titles of the new Lego sets that were, are going to be coming out for The Force Awakens? When are they coming out? They're coming out in September. In September. And these are, it's not like Kylo Ren's final duel. It's yeah, like vehicle fine. names and yeah, stuff. Tell me. Okay. So a list leaked today, and I got uh, this off of makingstarwars.net. It's an awesome site you guys should check out. Uh, do be warned, they do do some pretty heavy spoiler stuff, which I avoid, but it's pretty easy to tell when they're going to do. They're good about letting you know if it's a huge spoiler, if it's something minor like this. But if you're not into this sort of thing, even the smallest details of the movie, then maybe you want to not listen for a couple of minutes. But here's the list of the Lego sets that they have. 
Ray's speeder. Makes sense. It's probably the one we saw in the trailer. Right. First order snow speeder. Oh, nice. Interesting, right? Yes. So, I mean, we've seen the snow planet in the trailers. We did. So apparently they're going to be balling around in their own version of the snow speeder. For some reason, reading that really excited me. I always really liked the snow speeder design from the Empire Strikes Back. So to see like the new iteration of that, I'm pretty excited. And an Imperial version. Yes. First Order Special Forces tie. So that makes me think that maybe the ties we're seeing in the trailer that are sort of dark black with the white panels, maybe those are Special Forces ties. Interesting. Or maybe there's a tie beyond that. Maybe that's the regular tie and the Special Forces tie is something different. Yeah, that'd be so cool. be cool to check out. Pose X-Wing Starfighter. I yeah, mean, we saw that in the trailer. Surprise, surprise. First Order Transporter, the troop tra- transport. I'm pretty sure we don't see the... We saw the inside the of it. The inside of it in the first trailer. And it was pretty intense in there. Yeah. Kylo Ren's command shuttle. We see that command shuttle in the newest trailer. It's the one flying up to the uh, Star Destroyer. Okay. It's, you know, it looks like the next version of the shuttle Tiderian. Yeah. And then, surprise, surprise, Millennium Falcon. Yeah. We already know. So, like I said, not big spoilers. No, but it's, it's not a spoiler at all. It's interesting to see what's coming and, you know, sort of think about what we'll be getting with all that. I really want to see the Snowspeeder. I'm stoked about that. Oh, you want to see this? <laughs> this is silly. Check this out. Also, apparently, some new Force Awakens betting leaked online. This is how crazy people get about seeing new stuff from Force Awakens. Well, it's just some sheets with oh, Ky- cool. <laughs> Kylo, Kylo Ren and, and a, a new Stormtrooper. Storm you think I could talk Jesse into getting that for our bed? Not for your bed. Maybe no. a guest bed. <laughs> for a guest bed, yeah. She should be like, oh, we'll get that for a bed, and you will be sleeping alone in that bed. Mm. Uh, thank you, sir. You know, we've been talking about the Star Wars anthology movie a lot, the second one. And today, or not today, maybe yesterday, some rumors leaked out that not only is it going to be a Boba Fett movie, it's going to be a Boba Fett and a young Han Solo movie. What? So Boba Fett and Han Solo got history. Yeah, it kind of seems like they do. I mean... Why does Boba Fett hate Han Solo so much? Right, or why is he so obsessed with getting Han yeah, Solo? What, it is, what, what if is, he and Han Solo teamed up on a mission together when they were younger? And it went way south? Yeah, and he's held a grudge against Han Solo since then. That would be cool. Right? Oh, I could watch that. Them like them starting off and sort of like a as buddies teamed like up, a, and then like the a, shit hits the fan. It was going to be a big heist or something, you know, because they're both you know scoundrels, smugglers, right, right, bounty hunter, you know, wrong side of the law. Or maybe they just have always been opposed. Maybe Boba Fett has a bounty on somebody Han cares about. Um, maybe they've come at odds more than once. But if we have Han Solo and a young Han Solo... Yeah, the bounty hunter we ran into in Ord Mandel changed my mind. I mean, that's got to be Boba, right? In fact, I think it is. That's the the story. That little animation that's in the the holiday holiday special special is from the very first introduction of Boba Fett. And I believe it is an encounter of the the crew of the Millennium Falcon, all of them, on Ord Mandel. Encountering Boba Fett. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's cool in Battlefront? This is way off track and we will get back to han and boba but this just popped up you know in battlefront we're getting maps for a planet that we've never really seen in star wars cam really oh man i got the hiccups <laughs> hiccups solaced 
Solaced. And it's I've sort heard of, it. Here's what's interesting is it's sort of a snow planet. And there, but it's a snow planet that's also got volcanoes. Interesting. Which is weird. Which makes me wonder if that's the snow planet from The Force Awakens. It might be. Okay, so, oh, man, I'm scatterbrained. I'm sorry. I'm excited to be recording. Rapid fire. Okay, so how many environments do you think we're going to see in the new movie? I think each map in the story will be its own. I don't mean in Battlefront. I mean in The Force Awakens. In The Force Awakens. How many? So we know we've got Jakku, the sand planet. Yeah. We know we've got a snow planet, or what appears to be a snow planet. Sort of a mountainy snow planet at that. And then it looks like... There's sort of a jungly planet going on in some of the shots, too. So that, to me, seems like three. And, you know, that's not counting Star Destroyer interiors or inside. You know, there'll be different set pieces. But I was trying to think about this today. So in A New Hope, we get Tatooine, the Death Star, and Yavin. Those are, like, the three main environments. In Empire Strikes Back, we get Hoth. Dagobah, uh, the asteroid field kind of counts, and Bespin. Return of the Jedi, we get Tatooine, the second Death Star, and Endor. Uh, oh, balls. Episode one. Episode one. Uh, Tatooine. Naboo, Tatooine, Coruscant. Coruscant. Attack of the Clones. Geonosis. Geonosis. Coruscant. Coruscant. Camino. Camino. Tatooine. They go to Tatooine on episode Geonosis and and Tatooine. Mm -hmm. So Geonosis, Tatooine. Oh, we sound like such nerds. No, (laughs) Geonosis, Tatooine, Coruscant, and Camino. Yeah, and then in Revenge of the Sith, we get Mustafar, Mustafar, Coruscant. Oh, we also get Naboo in episode two. Yeah. Oh man, I'm fucking all up. Oh man. (laughs) Okay, I got to go back. Like it's gonna kill me. So in episode two, we get Coruscant. Naboo, Tatooine, Geonosis, and Camino. Episode 3, Coruscant, Utapau. That's where General Grievous is hiding out. Mustafar. And then you can sort of count Naboo and Tatooine. But when we get Order 66 goes down, you, you get, get a, a bunch lot. more. Yeah. You get Felucia. You get... Uh, uh, Sulukamaya and yeah, stuff Saluka like that. Maya and, yeah, uh, Yeah. So yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to go off, get us off on that tangent. I just no, it's all right. Trying to figure out. So you know, typically it seems to be three or four. You know, there's some outliers in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith where you get a whole bunch. So I wonder, probably three, if I had to guess. Yeah. In the Force Awakens, probably three, three if not four. Yeah, and you, like I said, we'll get some other you know Star Destroyer interiors inside the Millennium Falcon inside. What looks to be like a cantina, you know, that it sort of thing. It seems like Princess Leia, when she gets getting that lightsaber, that she's in a fairly public place, like a large urban, yeah. urban place. Or maybe a base. Or a base. I don't know why. I mean, it just seems like she'd be hanging out in a base. Uh, I don't think so. You don't think so? No, I think retired politician, no. Former rebel leader. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you're right. She either has a tangent to protect her or she's bad enough to protect herself. Yeah. So back to the Han Solo and Boba Fett movie, you got to wonder, I mean that's if it's a young Han Solo movie, they got to recast. Of course. And if That'd it's a easy. younger Boba Fett movie, then just get Daniel Logan, I say. That or recast. Yeah, or maybe you don't even have to take his helmet off. You got an even better. I mean, you might could recast with an even better. Yeah. Chemistry. Yeah. 
But, you know, you got to, if he's younger, does he have the Millennium Falcon? Maybe not. It depends. You could show that story about how he got it away from. Maybe that could be part of the story. Yeah. That's what I would like to see is if it is a young Han Solo and a young Boa Fett, give me like a young Lando. I mean, from what I know of the old canon, Han Solo was once a stormtrooper, stormtrooper, like a captain or something yeah. like that. He was training to be in the Empire, maybe even a pilot. I'm not sure. An officer or something. And like then I think the moment he left the Empire is when he saved Chewie Rocka. from slavery. Right. Now, is that part of the canon anymore? You know, I'll have a lot of these answers here. I ordered uh, DK's Ultimate Star Wars. It's their new, like, Star Wars source book. It's really new. And apparently it's pretty chock full of information. So if you remind me, I'll look some of this stuff up. I'll definitely look up the stuff about the Sith and have that for next week and maybe look up Han Solo and see what information it has on him, too. Okay. Uh, when I finish with that book, you're welcome to borrow it and get caught up and, you know, Cool. refresh the facts yeah I, I only figure the more facts we know the better it'll be for the podcast yeah um so something i kind of wanted to talk about is and it's this goes all goes back to the snoke thing like i said my mind has been you've been on that obsessed thing. with snoke i had you know 16 plus hours of driving time this past weekend going to and coming back from texas so i had a lot of time to think about star wars um you know, he's mocap, which means he's a fully CG character, which is cool because if you've ever seen the work they did with him on, as Gollum or Caesar, it looks really good. Like, it looks great. Also, we know that Lupita Nyong'o is playing a mocap character named Maz Kanata. And apparently she owns like a pub or a cantina. This is all stuff from the Vanity Fair article. And she's also playing a mocap character. She's who I'm pretty sure in the newest trailer we see giving the lightsaber to Leia. Okay. The one that seems to have like yellowish orange. Remember we sort of freeze framed it and it looked like they had yellowish orange skin. Yeah. And they're small. Yeah. I think that's who she's might be playing. And the reason I bring this up is, you know, they've been pushing the whole practical effects thing really hard on The Force Awakens, which is great. It's what people want to hear. But I'm hoping they're not pushing it to the detriment of the fact that there's going to be a shit ton of CG in this movie, too. I mean, like, from that Millennium Falcon chase scene, like, that's yeah. all CG. I mean, all the X-Wing stuff is CG. CG. You know, all anything that's space battle-wise or in space, that's all going to be CG. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's easier than doing the little models, regardless of how much they want. And you can do more. I've never had a problem with CG. You know, I understand that in its, you know, earlier years, it doesn't look great, but you never hear people complaining about the CG in a Marvel movie. No. And there's a shit ton of CG in those movies. Yeah. You never hear people complaining about the CG in, in like, Pacific Rim. No. Tons of CG. That wasn't really dudes in giant creature costumes fighting. No. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that's a little unfair that Star Wars... You're making me want to watch Pacific Rim. Oh, it's so good, right? Yeah. CG or not, that movie fucking rules. It's like an anime movie. Yeah, and what I'm all I'm trying to say is, like, we got to stop with the CG hate. Because it's... We've an, learned how to tastefully apply it. Yeah. There was and, a time when it was... It was just new... It was yeah. new, and it was the best it could be, and you just needed to shut your mouth because it's not a computer game that 
you know, has the consistency of graphics throughout. Like, right. it's real life that has graphics tacked on. Like, it's never yeah. in the beginning. And, and I totally get it. Like, when you go back and you look at some of the CG in The Phantom Menace, it's, you know, looks nowhere near as good as the CG in even Revenge of the Sith. I, you could you say, want to talk about, like, the special editions. The Star oh. Wars special editions CG? They're, yeah. It's not on... Updated up, now, like, yeah. up to today's standard? You're like, No. But you also got to think that, you know, that's where that's the charm in the original trilogy, seeing the outdated graphics and stuff and computer effects for people. You know, to me, it's a little charming in The Phantom Menace that some of it looks a little goofy. There is one CG shot in Revenge of the Sith to me that's unquestionably bad, and I don't understand why they didn't redo it or reshoot it. But it's when Anakin is getting put in the armor, in the Darth Vader armor, and it's mainly the image of his head when they're going to put the helmet on, like when it snaps into place, something about it just looks off. And it always has to me. It's like blurry around that. It looks like almost like a bad Photoshop job in parts. Interesting. Uh, I'll point it out to you when we watch Revenge of the Sith next yeah, time. I'll look for it. It's, it's a tiny section, but I just don't get the CG hate. I, I realize that, yes, the practical effects do have a cooler look to them. Sometimes. But sometimes CG is better. Sometimes it is. For and, what, and tastefully done is what I'm saying. I got to think that J.J. Right Abrams is experienced enough and a good enough director to know the difference. And obviously he does because they're using a lot of practical effects, which I'm ex- excited about. Don't get me wrong. I just don't want people to think it's only practical effects. And then they go see the movie and they're like, Ooh, what the fuck, man? They thought it was going to be all practical effects, man. They had a bunch of CG, man. What the fuck, man? Yeah, purists. Yeah. And we're going to get that. I guarantee you we're going to get that. But hopefully in the next few trailers and stuff, they'll bring some of the CGS. But Because they, they've really been pimping the practical effects thing. Yeah. I mean, and I like that. That's what I Oh, like. yeah. I mean, I like it, too. But in today's day and age, with the technology we have, what looks better to you? The Lou Ferrigno Hulk or the Hulk in the Avengers movies? The Hulk in the Avenger movie. But it's, there is a quality of realness that you cannot escape. And that's what I appreciate is that when, you, when, I, when my eye is watching movies and I'm seeing... Do you, uh, okay, the Omaze, his little promotional stuff where you see right. all the critters in the background. like yeah, And those are actual puppets walking around. And I think and that's like, awesome. Your eyes can tell the difference between but what's CG and what's real. Like, the other thing is, is people think the prequels were 100% CGI. And it's just not true. It's not. There were a ton of practical effects and sets and miniatures and models and all that kind of stuff. There were. Now... Heavy on CG, definitely. I mean, yeah. there's parts of that, especially the Phantom Menace, that there's not a single real element in. Right. The whole Gungan the versus Gungan battlefield. Battle, the and that, to me, is the hardest part to watch. It's so cartoony. Like, the grass is so green, and, like, the sky is so blue. You know what the I'm saying? The pod racing. There's, I like no, no, the watching the pod The pod racing. racing, there's a lot of practical in that. There is. They did a lot. They made a lot of models. In fact, some of those canyons are miniatures, little miniature models that they made. So it's a mix. You can, And to me, it's really easy, and it's only because I've watched them so many times, but it's easy to spot where the practical stuff is. Yeah. You know, they did a lot of monster makeups, too, for in the Senate and in the crowd at the pod race and stuff. Not every alien in those movies is CG. And to be honest, 
the puppet in of Yoda in the Phantom Menace looks a hundred times worse than CG Yoda in episode two and three. He does. It's I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. I don't know either. He looked like a Muppet. He, <clears throat> he looked, looked like, like a Muppet, Muppet yeah. and his head was too small his and he big. was in no way as articulate or as detailed as he was in Empire or Jedi. It was weird. You know in the Blu rays they replaced that with the CG Yoda from That's two good. and three. And it looks way better. But that's just, you know, my feelings on the the whole thing. I was just, like I said, I had a lot of time to think about Star Wars, and that's one thing. Yeah. You know, you always hear. That's like one of the things people go to is that the trilogies had too much CG, and they're pimping, you know, lots of practical effects, which is I good. i got to admit that I prefer original trilogy Yoda, the puppet. I prefer. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't have Yoda. that puppet fight, though. That's the thing. That's true. I mean, you could have, but his fighting style would have been way simplified. It, it would. You, you might as well not try. Like, right. He, he can't. Right. He's just so powerful in the force, he doesn't need to lightsaber fight, is how I would play that. Like, yeah, I mean, if if they wanted to use a puppet like uh, episode five or six, then that's what they would have had to do, I would think. But I like the fact that Yoda's that badass. So, you know, the concession is you got to have a CG Yoda. Who looks really good. Even in Attack of the Clones, he looks really good. To me, they sort of, they nailed that better than they did the, the puppet for the Phantom yeah. Menace, for sure. His fighting style, I don't necessarily... It's cool. I right. just... I, I would have liked something else. You know? What's interesting, have you ever seen the documentary that's the whole making of the Phantom Menace? No. It's called Star Wars The Beginning. Uh, there's an interesting section where they're testing a Jar Jar suit that Ahmad Best was going to wear. And it was going to be supplemented with CG. So, like, he was wearing a full-on Jar Jar suit with arms and shit, and then they were going to put the head on and stuff like that. And they couldn't, they just couldn't get it to look right or act right, and that's when they decided to... CG it. CG it up. And that's when we got the Jar Jar that you all know and love. Mm, with the crab eyes. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry, that was just my little CG. I have another small rant I want to go on before, but it's totally not Star Wars related. I just need to get well, it off my chat. Uh, hold on one second. Let's take a break. Okay. And when we come back, we'll wrap up the podcast, but I'll also have this one special little rant I want to go on. I also want to double check and make sure there's no super important Star Wars news that we haven't talked about. So we'll be right back. Yes, we will. Now you will experience the full power of the dark side. Welcome back to Blue Harvest. Welcome back. I'm your host, Will Witten. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? Okay, so on the final push of our podcast, I did, while we were on break, sort of look up some Star Wars news, and I totally forgot to bring up that today, for some reason, the rumors of an Obi-Wan anthology movie have been coming back up really with you and mcgregor and the article i just read said that Perfect. you know you know basically what we were talking about before a movie or maybe even a trilogy of movies set between episode three and four that would be perfect um and it also sort of brought up a point that i didn't really think about that maybe the villain could be darth maul darth maul because you know they brought him back in clone wars they did and his story didn't end in Clone Wars. He's still out there somewhere. I forget what happened to him. Well, he gets brought back, and then they did a graphic novel. He had, like, spider legs, didn't he? Yeah, and then they eventually just pared that down to two robotic legs. They did a graphic novel 
set after the Clone Wars episodes with him, and he didn't die. And they was he crazy? Still, I don't really he know. Like, because he was kind of crazy. Yeah, he sort of got Wars. his shit together, though, eventually. At first, when Savage Press found him, he was. He was all fucked up in the head and stuff like that. Now, the question to me is, do they bring Darth Maul back, considering the explanation for him still being alive is in a show that not everybody has seen? You know what I mean? Like, to the general public, Darth Maul died in episode one and then was just... That was it. That's the end of his story. They didn't see the Clone Wars and know that he came back. Mm-hmm. So to me, it would be a little weird to bring him back just out of the blue with, you know, the explanation being in a show, like I said, that most people didn't watch. I can't understand, you know, the badassness of Darth Maul. It's so brief. Yeah. It'd be it, it'd be good to see him again. And see I him. would be fine with that. And I think, you know, people could get caught up. But I also think that sometimes when you're making these big movies you sort of have to play to the lowest common denominator and sometimes you just need that's what a series and a universe needs is fresh fresh blood and fresh ideas and fresh stories and you know when you're making a big budget star wars movie you don't just want the insane star wars fans that know everything to see it you want lots of people to see it and hopefully see it a couple of times so it does bring in the people to the universe yeah people that haven't maybe ever seen a star wars movie and might catch this one but that might introduce them to the rest of the universe yeah i just i don't know man as cool as it would be it would seem like a weird choice to me that's why like when people think that like uh, Snoke is going to be like Kanan or Ezra from Rebels. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a cool concept. And then that would make Rebels sort of the prequels to The Force Awakens where we see how one of them falls and becomes this evil dude. Yeah. You're also talking about a show that not ev- no, but not everybody's going to get the reference. And nowadays you sort of have to, like I said, you just got to lead people by the hand and make sure everybody gets what's going on if you want your movie to be successful. That's very true. So, to me, it, the the question of an Obi-Wan trilogy would be what the threat, the menace, or the villain would be. Because you can't really have it be Vader. Because Vader says in Episode 4 that he hasn't seen Obi-Wan since then. Well, that's uh, it's true, but like... Oh, there Walter. Are... <laughs> My cat Walter is loving on the mic. Oh, I think there are lots of things that a Jedi Master could be investigating or doing on his own time. While hermited it up on Tatooine, even if right. he doesn't leave Tatooine, there I'm sure there are things strong in the dark side that he, are he encounters on Tatooine or has to right. like he has to be up to something. I guarantee Obi Wan is not hanging out on Tatooine in his little hermitville doing nothing, watching TV every day, <laughs> right? Watching his soaps, his stories. That's not what he's doing. He's up to something. He's being a Jedi master. He's meditating on the Force. He's probably communing with Yoda. Oh, definitely. Yoda and Qui-Gon. You know, if you did do uh, an Obi-Wan movie, you could possibly bring at least the voice of Liam Neeson back for a little cameo. Yeah. Have him communing with him. Because he Qui-Gon Jinn was the first one that learned how to communicate beyond death. You know, how to be so strong in the Force to commune with the living, even after death. Oz is taking pictures. I'm of taking Walter. pictures of my cat. <laughs> yeah, that's real professional. Oh, hold on. I'm not going to talk. I'm just going to take 80 pictures of my cat. So, yeah, I, I'm all down for an Obi-Wan story. They just got to make it interesting enough 
to bring people besides me in. You know what I mean? Me and you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for our Star Wars news or discussion this week. Um, you still haven't caught up on the comics because I forgot to give them to you last week. And that's okay. There's some more issues that came out today that I'll pick up. So next week we'll catch up on comics and any news like that. But before we go, like I said, I want to go off on a little bit of a rant because something happened this week. And it's not Star Wars related, but I just need to get it off my chest. Oh, yeah. So if you give me a second, I'm going to get up on my soapbox. All okay. right. Okay. All right, I'm, I'm getting up on my soapbox. As you can see, it's got a nice wheelchair ramp. I can just pop right. Okay, it's a Lieber 2000. How about so you nice. hand me that uh, that uh, hand me that uh, mic there? Okay, all right. So this week it came out that they are in the process of developing a remake of Big Trouble in Little China, and the person who is going to star as Jack Burton is The Rock. The Rock? You motherfuckers. You fucking assholes. You pieces of shit. How dare you even think about remaking Big Trouble in Little China? Now, I want to preface this that I don't have a problem with The Rock. I think he's a a, a good actor. He can be funny, too. Yeah. But he's not Jack Burton. Jack Burton is not supposed to be a dude like The Rock. He's supposed to be an everyman. Everyman. He's got the quick lines and is fucking fascinated and blown away by all this crazy mystical Chinese Who's magic not he's not necessarily seen. that intelligent. No, no. The badass of... Jack Burton's badass, don't yeah. get me wrong, but the real badass of the story is Wang. Yeah. And Jack Burton is along for the ride to give the kick-ass lines. They and even have that back and forth where they're like, you're the sidekick. They're like, no, you're the sidekick. Right. And it, if they have The Rock, they're going to make him the badass. Like, Jack Burton is going to be fucking giving people the people's elbow. And yeah. like, He's look, not going to have to drink the potion. To once think, again, I feel really good. in The Rock's heyday for in the WWF, I watched wrestling because I had no choice. That's all anybody in my class at school talked USA. about. It was the fucking attitude era, and everybody was about Stone Cold and The Rock and Mick Foley and Mankind and all these f- people, right? Yeah. So, you know, I've watched my fair share of wrestling in the day, and I have no problem with The Rock. You assholes he is not jack burton of all the movies you should think about remaking just stop with the fucking remakes especially big trouble in little china if you're gonna do big trouble in little china i want a sequel with uh kurt russell as jack burton and that's it that or nothing and oh it pisses me off you know it's not rare or it's not often that i get this pissed off about a remake the last time it was this was when they remade Nightmare on Elm Street. You, no one should play Freddy but Robert England. Yeah. I don't care how good of an actor Jackie Earl Haley is. Watchmen, whatever. He's not Freddy Krueger, all right? Uh, oh, oh. And Was that movie successful? I mean, not successful enough for them to do another one, obviously. Obviously, I guess. And I still haven't seen it, and I never will. And I'm telling you right now, if there's a, I don't care who they cast in a re, I won't see a remake of Big Trouble in Little China. You know, I know the remakes are big at the moment, or I think they were They've, have been for years before Marvel came on the scene. I feel like the remakes were really 
the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking cat of mine is just sitting here biting me. The whole time I'm bitching about uh, Big Trouble in Little China, he's just biting and clawing at my arm. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm fucking... He's, apparently, he wants uh, a remake. Fucking dickhead cat. <laughs> and then he just scooped him off into the floor. And, and I was like, I'm tired of this shit. This cat's biting the <laughs> shit out asshole. of me. I'm trying to be passionate about Jack fucking Burton, son. You're ruining my Jack Burton flow. And look, I, I know like our friends love Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. And where that has influenced my love for it, I think like I want to start a petition or some shit. Go down to fucking City Hall. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it just bums me out so bad. Well, let, who do you think would be a better Jack Burton? Nobody. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell would be a better Jack Burton. That's the only, in my mind, I, the only choice. You know choice. what? I agree with you on this in one instance that, you know, remake whatever. And if you remake it, it better be fucking badass for you to remake it. But, you know, your How remake often? better be. But some stories are better. What are you going to do? Remake Blade Runner? Like, no. That's they're a doing corner. a sequel. Oh. They're doing a sequel to Blade Runner, which is cool. That's, that's cool. fine. Sequels but are they're cool. not remaking it. Because like, you can't, you know, certain, the way people tell a story should be respected. Yes. And like you shouldn't have to retell someone else's story. In things in things like Spider-Man and the Fantastic 4, like that's kind of different. I don't know. You know cuz those are comic books. Yeah. And the comic books is an accepted medium where people retell everybody's stories over and over, you know, it, everybody has their own iteration and you're respected right. for having the coolest and weirdest and funkiest and most progressive iteration of whatever the story is at the moment. I mean, they could have gone worse. Like I said, I like The Rock. Right. They could have gone worse in in finding a new Jack Burton. It could be fucking Channing Tatum as Jack Burton. That or, would be funny. No. I mean, I, from Twenty One Jump Street, man. Okay, he he's funny. That, you know, I don't even hate on that dude that much, but. Fucking Jack. Give me any actor, and I'll tell you whether I think they would be a good Jack Burton. Give it to me. Uh, I See, I I was going to ask you because I didn't really have anybody in mind. Because like, there is nobody. There is nobody. Kurt Russell is Jack Burton. I, uh, it bums me out so bad. I'm trying to think so of like a confidence. Like, okay, the guy that plays Star-Lord. No. no. As much as I like Chris Pratt. No. No. He would be better. He would be better than The Rock, I think. Because I think he would get the... Because that's kind of the character that Star-Lord is. Kind of. Star-Lord is very Jack Burton-esque, but almost even a little more badass. Like, my favorite part about Jack Burton is that he is just in awe. Everything he sees in that movie amazes him. As it would if you just got thrown into this crazy, mystical Chinese... Yeah, Chinatown Dark magic magic plot. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it just really, I, you know who I need to ask about this is Josh. I'm yeah. sure Josh has a very strong opinion. I'm probably, sure Brad would oh, have yeah. a, a bit to say. We may need to have a town hall meeting, and like I said. We need to call a town meeting. Yeah. A round table. Yeah. The issue on the floor now is the people versus the rock as Jack Burton. <laughs> the remake. All of. in favor say yes. All in favor say nay. 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 Oh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe... Maybe some of our friends think that's cool, and if that's if that's you know if they're down with that, that's fine. I just can't you know, see any world where I would go see this any is remake. Us of, just being purists, I think you know, really appreciating cinematic art in general, I think is what we're doing right now. But you know, if that does bring life back into the franchise, and then there's another Big Trouble in Little China movie, would that be okay with you? Like, nope. if, 
Jack Burton lived again. Like, if they did form. a sequel now and brought back, you know, Kurt Russell and wh- whoever else they wanted to bring back, I would be there opening day. And it could suck, and I would still enjoy it. Like, I was actually having a conversation with Brad one time where he was talking about how he wished they made a sequel, even if it wouldn't wouldn't have been as good as the first. Bigger Trouble in Little China. <laughs> Bigger Trouble in Little China. <laughs> um how it would have just been cool to have another one in the series. But to me, a remake is ridiculous. Like, I don't know. I just don't get it. I it know. just baffles me. I know. And it hurts my feelings. And it bums me out. I take it personally. <laughs> you, do. you know what I'm saying? You do. Like, I just really those like. things that we hold hallowed. Don't touch those. Like, it's beautiful the way it is. You don't have to mess with it. Exactly. It's good the way it is. It is, and if you don't want to do a sequel with Kurt Russell as Jack Burton, then just don't do another one, in my opinion. Yeah. I would rather have a sequel with Kurt Russell or nothing at all. Who is the director of that? John Carpenter. John Carpenter. Is he going to direct this one? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, And apparently the story I read is The Rock is putting together the pitch to try and get this movie made. So The Rock's writing the story. I don't know that he's writing it. Um, I just know that it's it's his project. He's trying to get it off the ground, and it's one of his favorite movies, which is fine. If if The Rock wants to be in a movie like Big Trouble in Little China, make an original movie that plays pays homage to, or make him one of the three. Uh, what are the the three martial artists under David Chang? Like, oh, you know what I'm talking about the three shit. storms or the three? Yeah, yeah, man, I. I just got so fucking fired up. Like, my head's hot and shit, and I can't think straight. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, like, if they made a sequel to Big Trouble in Little China and The Rock was in it as a sidekick or as the badass, just not as Jack Burton. That's my problem. The Rock is not Jack Burton. Come on, give me some more actors. Come on, give it to me. Think of it. I'm I'm trying to think of Jack Burton-like characters. Uh well, we did Chris Everett. That was my best shot. Like, right. I got to try to... You're going to have to give me a second. Um, I, that's, this is my point. I'm <laughs> trying to think saying? of a, like a confidence man that may not... Can appear to be not necessarily that bright. Like, Right. Uh, not. Nope. Nope. Can't do it. <laughs> My point exactly. This is my point. And so I just want to say it one more time. I'm just going to throw it out there to the suits and the bigwigs behind this idea. You assholes, you son of a bitches, get away from Big Trouble in Little China. Now, if you want to make a sequel, if you want to make a true sequel. You call up Kurt Russell. Call up Kurt Russell. You, you call up Kurt Russell. You give him whatever money he wants. I don't care what Kurt Russell wants. If he wants your firstborn, give him your fucking firstborn do not remake big trouble in little china that's all i'm gonna say and like i said look i'm sorry the mic yeah (laughs) i'm sorry it's not star wars related but it just it came out this week and it got me fired up and i just had to vent a little bit so uh next week we'll talk about some star wars hopefully i won't have to go off on one of these 
nonsensical rants again. That's all right, man. That's what we're here for. We're talking about geek stuff, talking about nerd stuff, because we're yeah. all geeks, nerds, and dorks on the inside, and we all love Star Wars. So, force for, is strong <laughs> with all of us. I'm drained. I'm drained after bitching about right. big trouble in a little time. You, you need a breather. Yeah, I need to like get a, a cup of water and like eat a protein bar or some shit. But anyway. For Blue Harvest, I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.